Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Psalm 89. Yes, open before us. Today I've got the uh, scriptures here as translated by Robert Alter, the Hebrew Bible. So just, you know what, since I read the message yesterday, let's just make a quick comment on this one today. Like the message, this is a single author translation. Mm -hmm. And so we have to keep in mind, you know, this has not been vetted by councils. It's not been vetted by committees. It's one guy saying, this is what I believe it is. But now the difference between Alter's translation and Patterson's is that Alter is trying to give a translation. Right. He's not giving a paraphrase. He's trying to 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 get back to here's what these words mean. Here's mm-hmm. here's here's the translation of the words. Now obviously everybody has to do a little bit of working and finagling to change from one language to another, but that's the difference between what we mm-hmm. read yesterday straight up admittedly a paraphrase and you got to keep that in mind while you're studying it, but this is an attempt to translate. Yeah, great, great observation there. So Psalm 89 from Robert Alter. A mascal for Ethan the Ezraite. Let me sing the Lord's kindnesses forever. For all generations I shall make known with my mouth your faithfulness. For I said, forever will kindness stand strong. In the heavens you set your faithfulness firm. I have sealed a pact with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. Furthermore, I shall make your seed stand firm and make your throne stand strong for all generations. And the heavens will acclaim your wonder, O Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy. For who in the skies can compare to the Lord? Who can be like the Lord among the sons of the gods? A God held in awe in the council of the holy, mighty and fearsome above all his surroundings. Lord, God of armies, who is like you? Powerful Yah, with your faithfulness round you, you rule over the tide of the sea. When its waves lift up, it is you who subdue them. It is you who crush Rahab like one slain. With the arm of your might, you scattered your enemies. Yours are the heavens, yours too the earth. The world in its fullness, you founded them. The north and the south, you created them. Tabor and Hermon sing glad song in your name. Yours is the arm with the might. Your hand is strong, your right hand raised. Justice and law are the base of your throne. Steadfast kindness and truth go before your presence. Happy the people who know the horn's blast. O Lord, they walk in the light of your presence. In your name they exalt all day long. And through your bounty they loom high. For you are their strength's grandeur. And through your pleasure, our horn is lifted for the Lord's our shield and to Israel's holy one, our king. Then did you speak in a vision to your faithful and did say, I set a crown upon the warrior. I raised up one chosen from the people. I found David, my servant with my holy oil anointed him that with my hand hold firm with him. My arm too, take him in. No enemy shall cause him grief, and no vile person afflict him. And I will grind down his foes before him and defeat those who hate him. My faithfulness and my kindness are with him, and in my name his horn will be lifted. And I shall put his hand to the sea and his right hand to the rivers. He will call me, My Father you are, my God and the rock of my rescue. I too shall make him my firstborn. 
most high among kings of the earth. Forever I shall keep my kindness for him, and my pact will be faithful to him. And I shall make his seed for all time, and his throne as the days of the heavens. If his sons forsake my teaching and do not go in my law, if they profane my statutes and do not keep my commands, I will requite their crime with the rod and with plagues their wrongdoing. Yet my steadfast kindness I will not revoke for him, and I will not betray my faithfulness. I will not profane my pact, and my mouth's utterance I will not alter. One thing I have sworn by my holiness, that David I will not deceive. His seed shall be forever, and his throne like the sun before me, like the moon firm-founded forever, and the witness in the skies is faithful. And you, you abandoned and spurned, you were furious with your anointed, you revoked the pact of your servant, you profaned his crown on the ground, you broke through all his walls, you turned his forts into rubble, all passerby plundered him, he became a disgrace to his neighbors, you raised the right hand of his foes, you made all his enemies glad, you also turned back his sword's flint and did not make him stand up in the battle. You put an end to his splendor, and his throne you hurled to the ground. You cut short the day of his prime. You enveloped him with shame. How long, Lord, will you hide forever? Will your wrath burn like fire? Recall how fleeting I am, how futile you made all humankind. What man alive will never see death will save his life from the grip of Sheol? Where are your former kindnesses, Master, that you vowed to David in your faithfulness? Recall, O master, your servant's disgrace that I bore in my bosom from all the many peoples, as your enemies reviled, O Lord, as your enemies reviled your anointed one's steps. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Oh, fascinating. The one thing I picked up on there was the use of the word pact. I noticed that Instead of covenant. Instead of covenant, yeah. Pact instead of covenant. I wonder if the... If the choice there was was basically because, hey, we use the word covenant, let's use something else that will arrest attention to to grasp and understand this. I thought about that, and then I thought also that we typically turn think of covenants in terms of contracts. Okay, but there are some differences to consider. Well, and, sure, and maybe pact captures the agreement in a little different sense. It's not quite as transactional. Sure. When we when we just turn covenant into contract, we do miss a point. Covenants are actually far more relational. Mm-hmm. Contracts far more legal mm-hmm. and professional. So I yeah. I do that's just an interesting thing. Just again, just the difference of word caught my attention multiple times as he was going through that. However, of course, it really got down to the same point. Yes. God, I'm going to praise you forever for your steadfast love. Yeah. You promised your steadfast love to your anointed David. You said you would never let your steadfast love go by the wayside. But it feels like right now your steadfast love has gone by the wayside. And yet here we are. (laughs) Why? Why? And how long? How Mm -hmm. long? Mm -hmm. So through this week, uh, in these conversations, I've wanted to to kind of build an argument, build just a look at the way people deal with this. It is when we see bad things happening... And we consider God, some people come up with these reasons why bad things happen. Oh, bad things happen because God is not strong enough. Or bad Mm -hmm. things happen because God is not holy enough. Or bad things happen because God does not love 
enough. Those are the kind of arguments that people make today. Now, I get it in the philosophical world and in the theological world, just because this psalm says, no, God is strong enough, God is holy enough, and God does love enough, will not necessarily prove to everyone out there that that's the way it is. If people don't accept the Scripture as God's Word itself, as all truth, like you and I do, no, that's not going to prove it to them. But at the very least, what it will show is here's a fellow that was facing these exact same questions we face, and he did not say it was one of those three things. He was willing to say, no, God is strong enough. Mm-hmm. God is holy enough. God is loving enough. And that's what makes this moment so confusing. And and maybe one way to understand that is, you're right, some people just would reject the Bible outright and say, well, I mean, obviously they're wrong about that because here we are. Uh, but maybe we just say, look how the Bible is informed to approach this question, to approach this issue. Oh, yeah. Right? It, it's framed this way. So what? what is a biblical take on this problem of evil? I think that's a good way of pointing this out. Just from an evidences apologetic kind of setting, folks attack the Bible and they attack God as if the Bible doesn't go ahead and say, hey, we've we've been in this situation too. Yeah. We know all these questions you're asking. This is not new. You haven't come up with something so smart and so overwhelming and like, oh my goodness, we never thought about this while we were making up the Bible. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, this is God gets it's it. It's funny he, the way you said that. He knows he knows how people think. So as he's as he's recorded scripture, and especially in this book where mm-hmm. we find people with snapshots of their life and the struggles they're facing. Here's somebody in the in that exact spot. I believe in God. I believe God is strong. I believe he's holy. I believe he's loving. Right now I'm not feeling it. I don't get it. Why? So I just want us to rest for a moment in the fact that there's nobody who's asked those questions about God from the Bible before the Bible presented those things. Yeah. I mean, the Bible's like, yeah, I get it. This is life. This is the way life mm-hmm. is sometimes. And here's somebody that's asking these same questions. But again, Ethan did not take any of those cop-outs. He didn't decide to try to shave off the rough edges. He said, I know you're strong. I know you're holy. I know you're loving. So I don't understand what's going on right now. And there's a there's a, a connection here a little bit to our, our psalm last week, Psalm 88, when we just made the observation that God's shoulders are broad. Yes. And you can tell him these things. You yes. can communicate these things. So when, when we get to the end of the psalm, he's not holding back by right. bringing this to God's attention. Yeah, he does. He's, Here's what I'm feeling. I'm going to bring it to you. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I don't understand why it's like this. Now, I do want to point out there's a little bit of a hint. The reason why I have continued to kind of not just whole hog go along with why did bad things happen to good people is because at the at the end of the second section, there is a little bit of a hint. He says in uh, Psalm 89 and verse 30, if his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my rules, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. But I will not remove my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. Mm-hmm. I will not violate my covenant. I think that that right there gives us a little bit of a hint about what's probably going on. And especially, look, if we're going to put this at Babylonian captivity, we know what's going on. It wasn't because bad things happened to good people. Well, and to that end, even if you want to set it at the Absalom timetable, which, you know, I like that. But part of why Absalom comes to power is actually in fulfillment of the prediction of judgment that was going to befall David's house for his sin with Uriah and Bathsheba. You know, right. as, as you bring that up, I've actually been thinking this week as I've been reading this and considering which of these scenarios this psalm might have found its origin. And it occurred to me that that whole scenario with David is actually a little bit of a microcosm of what happens with Israel. 
Mm. Here, here's God's anointed, yeah, his firstborn, yeah, his son, who he's made this covenant with and he's promised, but because of sin, he actually gets driven out. Okay. But God then restores him. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happens in Israel. I mean, it's kind of the same story. Yeah. I, I get it. There's some differences, but it's kind of the same story. Yeah. And we and we get to this this point here. That all of a sudden makes the last third of this psalm sound a little bit different. It's not just, hey, you're not loving me. Why aren't you loving me? It's more along the lines of, okay, I get it. You said you would punish but you said you would not remove the steadfast love. It sure feels like you've removed it. How yeah, long? How long? How long yeah. is it going to be like this? I mean, Lord, haven't you done it enough? Hasn't there been enough punishment? Hasn't there been enough discipline? You said you would not remove it completely. When are you going to bring it back? Well, and, and even with that question, I'm kind of looking at verse 46 and 47 now, how, how long? And it, then it talks about, hey, I don't have long for this life. I know. I'd life like it, short, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'd like it to happen while I'm still alive. Yeah, while I'm still living. Yes. If, if this isn't going to kill me, then come on. Yeah, if it's in David's time, that makes perfect sense. Yes, uh, you know, look, let's get, let's get David back on the throne, but he, he'll die if you don't do that. If it's Babylonian captivity, okay, it's a, it's a little bit different, but I can hear someone in Babylonian captivity saying, all right, I get it. We sinned. We, we should have been punished. Okay, isn't there enough? And you know what? I'd like the restoration to happen while I'm still alive. Yes. Don't don't, don't wait. I mean, look. Don't let me die just, in Babylon. Yeah, don't let me die. I mean, I could see that as well. Yeah. Okay, now here's the thing. I, I don't know. Maybe there's been a buildup, and maybe tomorrow when it's Good Friday and we're hunting for Jesus in the psalm, we'll be able to pull full conclusion on this. But the reality is, like Psalm 88, the questions aren't answered completely. Mm-hmm. But I just want us to see that here we are with a fella that believed in God's love, believed in God's holiness, believed in God's strength. He knew the covenant. He knew that the covenant included provisions for discipline. Right. But he also knew that the covenant said, "I'm gonna. it's not going to be taken away forever. And so he has all this question. But even in the middle of that, I mean, we've said this a couple of times this week, but I want to drive it home again. Even with all that, I'm going to sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. Now, you just look like a mind bomb went off, so go ahead and say it. Well, it just did go off that with God, discipline and love are, are not at all contradictory. It's because he loves that he disciplines. Because he loves, he disciplines us as sons in Hebrews. And and here it is in the psalm, and so it is with the life of David. And so even in the time of discipline, it doesn't mean he's withdrawn his loving kindness. And so I'm going to sing of the loving kindness and the mercies of the Lord forever. Forever. God, I'm so glad that mind bomb went off for you. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer because we've gone over. Holy God, thank you for this talk we've been able to have, for the things that have occurred to us while we are talking about it. Thank you for the revelation you've given. Thank you for your loving kindness. And Father, thank you for loving us enough to discipline us when that's what we need. And I pray, Father, that we will learn from that discipline, that we will grow to love you, and that no matter what we face, we will remember, along with Ethan, you are strong enough, you are holy enough, you love enough. And so no matter what we're facing, we are going to sing of your steadfast love and of your faithfulness, and we're going to pass that on to our kids and our grandkids and their kids, and hopefully, Lord God, we will be able to produce this legacy of faithfulness to you by your grace and strength. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. 
You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.